What's the last thing you cooked? What's the last meal that you made that you were proud of? What is your go-to meal? Right? Let's say that you've you've got a date or you've been seeing somebody for a little while now and they're coming over and you're going to cook them a meal. What do you go to first? What are you comfortable cooking? Are you comfortable cooking? Do you feel anxiety when you're cooking a meal? A lot of people do. A lot of people get really freaked out by flame. They get freaked out by heat. The order of operations, the anxiety, I'm going to burn this. And how do I do the next dish at the same time that I'm doing this dish? Sounds familiar, right? A lot of those same anxieties come in filmmaking. A lot of those same anxieties come in creation and artist creation. I see, and I've said this before, I see making a meal the same way I see making a movie. It's all about preparation. It's all about inspiration. It's all about toying with your viewers' senses, the sense of taste, the sense of sight, the sense of smell. And the thing that's great about food is that there are more senses that you can play with. Because with movies, it's basically sense of sight, sense of hearing, and then maybe a bit of touch and feel if you're going to a theater and you're feeling like a bassy, boomy system playing that stuff at you. But food opens up all these other visceral senses think about it how do you feel when you hear the sizzle of a steak or the sizzle of mushrooms in a pan how do you feel when you smell onions and garlic cooking there are moments in the kitchen where i'll just throw onions and garlic in. i'll just get started and Gina will come in she goes oh my god it smells so good in here i'm like i haven't even started yet i haven't even done the good stuff it's just the onions and garlic that you're smelling it's great. It's one of my favorite things to do. It's one of my favorite things to do, not just because I like to eat food, not just because I like to feel satisfied. And I oftentimes feel like I might use that as a crutch too much emotionally, where if I'm not feeling good, I might have to go make myself feel good by doing something. So I don't know if it's 100% healthy personally, but I love cooking food for other people. I love making other people feel good. I love making other people think about things differently. It's no surprise that I also like to make movies. Well, it's been a beat since we've talked about food on the show. It's been a beat since we got into my side obsession, which is barbecue. Uh, and I'm excited about today's show because I'm asking someone to come on who hasn't been cooking and barbecuing for that long. She's only been at it for about three years now. And if you follow her on social media, it looks like she's been doing it for like 20 years. The food that she cooks looks delicious. Her posts that she does are very approachable, makes it feel like you could do the same thing at home. As I sit here and I talk to you guys, I'm just sort of scrolling through and looking at her ribs, her briskets, her tomahawk steaks. Oh my God. And where does all this meat come from? Turns out that her husband has been in the butcher business for years, family-owned business, I think. They started back in like 1932. Mondo & Sons is the name of the company. And so she's got access to all this really great food. And she talks about how she got into the social media game of content creation and creating food and learning to cook and learning how to teach folks how to cook. And what a great social experience this has been, whether it's online or offline and hanging out and cooking with folks. 
On today's episode, I'm joined by Misty Bancaro, a fellow Italian, a fellow food lover, and someone that I have been completely obsessed with on Instagram on her account, The Seattle Butcher's Wife. So that's Seattle Butcher's Wife on Instagram. Her and I connected very quickly during this episode on food, and I think you guys are going to love it. So get ready. Get ready. If you guys are ready to salivate, if you guys want to follow along, head on over to inlovewiththeprocess.com on today's episode page. I'll post a bunch of photos of her stuff there. I'll also post links to her Instagram account. So as she starts to talk about different cooks and different recipes that she's done, uh, it helps to scroll through it. I was scrolling through it as we talked on the show, and you can hear me just salivating. It's the, the, like the dripping noises in the background is just the saliva dripping on the countertop here at the office as... Uh, I pant my way through <laughs> this episode. Uh, so before we get into it, I just want to thank everybody for following me on Instagram. I'm Mike Petchy, and thank you for following the podcast uh, on Instagram as well. That's in love with the process POD on Instagram. I have been doing a bunch of stuff over the past few weeks there. I uh, recently did a DVD giveaway where um, I had a bunch of, I had to clean out my shelves. Okay. And here's the truth of it. My <clears throat> my other obsession, which is vinyl purchasing, we've run out of space. Okay, our shelves are getting too full and I had to make some choices. And I have all these DVDs, which I love because they come with great director's commentaries and a lot of commentaries that you can't find anywhere else. It's one of the things that really hasn't transitioned onto the streaming platforms is all that director commentary stuff, which before shows like mine, that was the only place where you could try to find a nugget of useful information from filmmakers. You listen to their commentaries and kind of try to find something that would stimulate or answer a problem or make you feel connected to the filmmaker. And there's a lot of great ones out there. Great commentaries by David Fincher, great behind the scenes stuff on like Panic Room, um, all sorts of shit. Like great commentaries from uh, John Carpenter and uh, Kurt Russell on The Thing. And I think they do want to escape from New York. Um, so yeah, I had a bunch of DVDs and instead of just throwing them out or taking them down to a thrift shop and they end up in a bargain bin somewhere, I offered them up to the people that tune into my Instagram account. And it was fun. We did this thing where um, for 25 bucks, which covers like shipping and handling um, anywhere, then I was able to pick five DVDs out of my collection based upon a movie that you love, a movie that the folks liked. And so they would say like the thing, and then I would go through the collection and do that. And we did that live on Instagram. And it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun, like connecting the dots and thinking like, okay, so if you like Terminator, then you'll like this movie and this movie. And this is a weird outlier that you may or may not like, but that'll change the whole thing for you. And to bring this back to cooking, it's the same fucking deal, isn't it? Where you ask somebody like, what's your favorite food? Oh, well, you might like this. And if you love that, have you ever tried this before? Have you ever had bison before? Oh, that's fascinating. If you're really a big chicken fan, maybe you could try alligator. Have you ever had alligator before? It's interesting. It's got the same sort of consistency of chicken. And a little bit of monkfish. Have you ever had monkfish? And then you start going off on the, like this tree of suggestions. And then you start diving into different flavors. And your brain's firing. 
and you're feeling like you're, you know, interacting. I love that stuff. I love all this stuff. I love this show because I get to interact. I love cooking for people because I get to interact. I love talking about music and making movies because I get to interact. And I think that's what it comes down to. And you guys feeling the same way that we're feeling here, which is, oh, we almost can go out all the time. Oh, we can almost have a lot of people over. It's been two years of this like antisocial bullshit and I'm just craving it. I'm craving it. I'm craving to hang out. I'm craving to cook for people. I know you're feeling it too. So hopefully today's episode will inspire some of that. Will get you to think uh, about cooking differently. And if you're someone that is, <laughs> I want to say, if you're someone that is allergic to cooking, if you're someone that is, uh, you know, frozen with fear when it comes to dealing with fire, dealing with flames, uh, Misty gives a lot of good tips on today's show on how to tackle that stuff, what your first cook could be, how to feel safe about it. She talks a lot about uh, her process of taking photos and making things and posting things in social media and what that world is like. Uh, we talk about what it's like to be a celebrity chef, celebrity cooking person, all that stuff's in this episode. It's jam-packed with a lot of fun. So let's not hold back. Let's get into it, all right? You know the deal. Grab those noise-canceling headphones. Uh, you might want to bring something to snack on, right? Because you're going to be hungry listening to this episode. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the brand new food episode of In Love With The Process. Misty, thanks for being on the show. How are you? I'm doing well, Mike. Thanks. I'm excited to have you on. It's been a it's been a minute since I've had uh, a food person, a, a chef, uh, like a barbecue uh, aficionado on the show, and uh, I think I've been going through withdrawal. So I'm excited that you're here. <laughs> I'm excited to be here. <laughs> uh, we were just talking for the audience. We were just talking offline for a beat where Misty was like, why do you want to have me on the show? I was looking at your stuff. It looks like you're a filmmaker. And the, the entire audience right now is just rolling their eyes going, Mike loves barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I'm right with you. <laughs> um, well, for those of you listening to the show right now, if you haven't done so yet, head on over to uh, Misty's Instagram page. It's the Seattle Butcher's Wife on Instagram. And I've been following you for a little while now. I drool over your posts. Uh, you <laughs> inspire me to continue to do uh, destroy my cholesterol. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> I'm very proud of that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's start at the beginning for you. Like, um, 
out of all the things to post about, out of all the stuff to be obsessed with, uh, why barbecue? Why food? Okay, well, it was sort of a, a random thing. I be, I'll go back a little bit further. So before I started to do anything with barbecue for work, I was doing some social media recognition pieces on Instagram for um, a retailer. And I was a district manager for a brand. And I realized it was pretty fun. I liked doing it. I figured out how to do it quickly. So, but it was more employee facing for recognition. Ah, okay. And um, you know, I got to a point where I told my husband who has a let's see, fourth generation meat um, processing company here in Seattle. Oh, wow. I, it's a family business. They're Italian. They're, they have a great story. They really do. And they do a lot of um, really interesting food products in the area. So I thought you need to get out there and, you know, at least set up your Instagram. And we, my husband and I sat down one night and I made him put together the page and moved some meat pictures over there. And Mondo and Sons is their Instagram. But I started that and then I thought, well, I want to help him out, you know, but I don't want to be the face of the brand because I'm not really a meat person. <laughs> and at that time, <laughs> I was working for a denim brand, traveling around, you know, supporting stores and retail. Uh-huh. I really had, had no interest in doing anything like I'm doing today. I had no idea that I ever would. But at that time, I at least knew how to put together photos and how to start communicating and to help him with his Instagram. So we did that. And he said, why don't you just, you know, be Seattle Butcher's wife or something? And, and we sort of giggled about it. But I was like, yeah, that sounds sounds kind of fun. It's kind of a kitschy thing. Uh-huh. And plus, nobody knows my name. So that's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> and then I put it together. And in the beginning... I mean, I've deleted a lot of the personal pics that I had posted originally, but in the beginning, I just thought, well, I'll just support the meat company. And as I was doing that, I was searching all these hashtags like meat. And of course, meat, you know, may also lead to barbecue and beef and everything else. And all of a sudden, I saw all of these beautiful pictures of, you know, smoked meats. And I thought, wow, that looks so delicious, right? And so I started watching the videos and I thought to myself, if that guy can do it, so can I. <laughs> and <laughs> guess what? I have access to great meat. Like, why don't I just give it a shot? Yeah, yeah. I was probably like one of those moms or wives who was a little bit afraid of um, taking on, you know, an expensive, high quality steak because I just wanted it to be perfect. And I didn't want to waste the money if it, if it didn't turn out well. Yeah. And I married this Italian guy who likes to cook. So <laughs> I always was spoiled. I worked a lot. He cooked more than I did. And so it was just so strange how I just, I decided I was going to buy a grill. I went on Craigslist. I bought a used Traeger. Uh (laughs) And then I started looking at the Traeger recipes and watching my friends and actually making friends. I'm a networker. I'm a a people person. I'm very social. So I was able to connect with so many people that helped me along the way. Uh And, you know, one thing led to another. And here I am. It's almost three years now that I've been grilling and um i just i'm addicted to it now wow i mean and you wouldn't be able to tell by your post that you've only been doing it for three years i mean the stuff that you're doing is uh is like uh completely professional epic level sort of food porn drooling every time i look at your stuff so you would not be able to guess that and you brought up an interesting point because um well, first, let me say it's the same thing. I'm an Italian guy that likes to cook a lot, and my girlfriend likes to use it as as an excuse so that Heck she doesn't yeah. get to cook all the she's time. Bored. <laughs> <laughs> and she's a great cook, and so every time when she does do it, I'm like, "You're a great cook. You should do this more often." She's like, "No." <laughs> 
Um, but I think that um, you brought up a good point on a lot of folks being afraid of, uh, you know, ruining meat or destroying meat. And there is sort of this history and mythos around barbecue, I think, where it's, a, it's about tradition. It's about, uh, you know, long hours to do like a brisket, long hours to do stuff. And yeah. if you if you mess it up, then you destroy it. And a lot of these cuts of meat are pretty expensive, you know. Um, so I think it's interesting to hear your story and we, let's get into it some more. Like what was the first, do you remember what your first barbecue session was? What did you make? Oh man, you don't want to know my very first one that I did, um, by myself with, with my husband kind of on my shoulder a little bit, cause I'm like, come here. I want to make sure I'm doing this right. Yeah. But my very first one was a tenderloin. Uh -huh. And, um, it was, you know, I didn't know how to trim it. So of course he trimmed it for me, but I seasoned it and cut the steaks and I smoked them and reverse seared them. Nice. And, yeah. um, it was on the little mini Traeger. Um, and I was like, so, so proud of myself. I look back at those photos and I don't think they were like that exciting, but I was so proud of the work and I know it was a high quality steak. You know, when I have people interacting with me now in my DMS or especially the, the ladies, mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know why, but I seem to have a lot more male followers than, than ladies. So I always try to recruit the guy, the girls, but they're they're slow moving. My percentage of viewers is probably like eighty percent middle aged men, yeah, of course, and um, twenty percent women. <laughs> but when they reach out to me, they are you know asking questions about you know what do I do with the seasoning? How long do I let it sit? There? You know, just some basic things. And I love helping them out. It makes me really happy. Yeah, no, I mean, there's something really fun about the whole cooking process and. And for me, I've, I've said it on the show a bunch of times, but we'll say it again. Like um, for me as a director, it takes so long to get a movie going. It takes so long to get a yes. project up and running. And I sort of go a little stir crazy. And uh, I love to cook because for me, cooking are like little mini movies. Like I actually get to control how someone feels. I get to set an experience and I get to play around with their senses the same way you would with a film. Um, and so it's become my, <laughs> to my health detriment, it has become my hobby that I do a lot, especially during COVID yeah. and especially I during the back that. end of it. Yeah. I love that. You know, I really loved your um, story. I don't know, I think it was from yesterday, but when you were going, I felt I felt like I was in your shoes as that's exactly how I feel about setting the stage and having all of my props and getting the right angles and having the feelings attached to everything that goes on. That's how I want to share the experience. You know, yeah. when I saw the butter sizzling and the steak, you know, searing on your <laughs> cast iron pan <laughs> on the grill, I'm like, I feel this moment. I can smell, you know, the herbs coming off of that <laughs> melted butter and the steak, you know, becoming um, caramelized. Like I, I could just be in that moment. And before I started to grill, I didn't even understand what that was, you know. So I, I love that you, um, when I got to see that, it reminded me of the experience. It's just the whole part of the setup, whether it's a brisket um, or whether it's a tri-tip or just a simple ribeye steak. Yeah. Oh, man. And the simplicity of those. I, what's so interesting about cooking is that it, it almost becomes like like playing an instrument where like you have to learn some of the basics. You got to learn the, some of the chords. You got to learn, you know, su uh, sweet and savory and you got to learn about spice and, and acid. Yeah. And then when you start to figure those things out and you become confident with your skills, which really come from repetition. It's like playing guitar, yes. you know, where yes. you learn how to use the knife correctly. You learn how to prep correctly. You learn how to 
erase a lot of the anxiety that uh, you have when you first start cooking. And I think a lot of that anxiety usually is centered around timing and mm -hmm. uh, prep, because I, I think a lot of people don't spend enough time doing oh, yeah. the prep. I just want to jump right in. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Do you, do you feel that way? Absolutely. Um, and I like what you said, because it does come with repetition. I remember many times my briskets, every, every time I get a new brisket, I feel like it's a new challenge that I can do even better than the last one or yeah. just as good. And I remember the first few times I was really nervous. I mean, I was reading all these articles and talking to all my friends before I'd even touch it. <laughs> you know, I was really <laughs> like, gotta make this perfect. And, you know, there is anxiety, but really you learn through just practice. And I, the other day I was on the phone some um, lady that follows me called me and asked me for some tips and I very quickly gave her exactly what to do. Mm -hmm. And when I got off the phone, my daughter said, mom, how, you're, you know, your stuff. Oh my gosh. You know? <laughs> and, it, and it occurred to me that I do, but not because I'm, you know, trying to be the barbecue expert. It's just because I have done this now so many times I have learned, you know, what I like, <laughs> what I don't like, what works, what doesn't. So yeah, it's, you know, that's, I remember Chad Ward, he works with Traeger. I went to one of his Traeger shock classes and he, he said the best way to learn is through, um, getting out there and doing it period. A hundred percent. And failing. And if you fail, like you learn not to do something when you make mistakes. So I agree with that. Well, the post that you were talking about, I did a post for those of you listening, this episode probably comes out a few weeks after, but I did a post a few weeks ago, which was last night. If you're in the present. <laughs> Um, I, I just did like, uh, I wanted to do, we both, me and my girlfriend had a craving for steak and eggs. And so I, I did a, um, a ribeye last night. I did a ribeye and I did a New York strip. I did two different cuts. And I remember my entire day, and this sort of goes back to what I was saying about learning an instrument. My entire, uh, day was sort of shifted when I went to the store and I looked at the size of the steaks and I called up my girlfriend and I'm like, all right, how hungry are you? Do you want like a, a full steak for yourself or do you want to, do I have to try to find a steak that I can split with you? And she's like, no, I want a full steak. And so my initial uh, plan was to just bring that steak home and do it on uh, cast iron on the stove. And that's all I was going to do with the cast iron bit. Mm -hmm. But because I had two cuts of meat that were larger than my cast iron pan, then suddenly I was on my, like I was like okay well now I got to go to the grill, but I also at the same time I'm, I'm also making this dish and this dish which are going to take some time, so let me reverse sear them so that way the steaks will stay on the grill for a little bit longer than they normally would, and then I'll bring my cast iron out and I'll do them individually on the cast iron to finish them off with the searing, and so that at that point you're relying on all these other experiences that I've had with like a reverse searing session with cast iron session with understanding yeah. all these bits. So now it's like jazz almost where you're, you're playing yeah. these instruments in an interesting way, you know, and managing the charcoal. You know, I was talking to my husband yesterday about how I, I learned on a smoker and I started doing that exclusively and it was so much fun. And that's where I, I really, especially for really busy, you know, people that don't have a lot of time and need kind of a, a quick and easy deal. I think that, you know, having a pellet smoker is a great way to start. Yeah. But now that I've been doing these cooks with fire, I mean, it is, it is so many moving parts and it's, you know, you're managing the fire pieces is much bigger than I ever anticipated. And I'm getting better at it every every time. But I was just talking about the complexity <laughs> with my husband. I'm like, you know, it, I, I understand now why people say, I don't know if I can do that because it does take, you know, some commitment of making sure that you are 
you know, for example, like you're talking about the stakes, setting up an indirect and direct you mm-hmm. know, space and that you're, when your fire starts to go down, what do you do to get the heat back up? Are you using a Kamado, you know, how, you know, and, and monitoring and managing the, the temp inside and, and moving the vents around just right. Like there's kind of, there's a rhythm. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's so, I, for me, that it drives me. That is so exciting and I want to master it. <laughs> and I never thought I would. So I love to inspire people that think that they never would want to. Yeah. <laughs> because you never know. Once you get out there and you're in there and you're, you're seeing what you're able to create, um, you know, you got that smell of smoke and you get some downtime in between the, the, those rhythms and you can have a glass, you know, to drink or whatever you're doing. Sure, <laughs> like, of course. Or you're filming or you go live and you show what's going on and everyone else is excited with you. It's it's such a rush. It, the thing that's so interesting about uh, charcoal and uh, and uh, wood fires is that it's so organic and there are yeah. so many different variables that are consistently changing, not just the temperature outside, but how the wood burns and and how it's yeah. retaining its heat. And then metal is flexing consistently. It's expanding. And, and so I find that the only way I was able to initially get comfortable with doing even just a simple charcoal grill and like the indirect heat stuff that we were just talking about, I just spent an afternoon cooking bullshit for myself. So it was like, <laughs> you know, like a, a couple of ha- hot dogs, some hamburgers, cheap shit, like whatever cheap stuff yeah. that I had. But I spent time just playing with the fire and playing with the coals. And you just start to understand how the coals burn and you start to understand how long it takes to ignite coals. And what is the difference between (laughs) back in the day using lighter fluid, which is horrible, and then like (laughs) how do chimneys work and how do starters work? And and then you just sit there and go, how long does it take for a chimney full of charcoal to light? And you go, got it. That's in my head now. Okay, so it takes about 15 minutes maybe. And you're like, okay, got it, got it. Um, And it's the same thing with, uh, I had other chefs on the show too talking about stove work and using your pans. It really comes down to conquering your fear of heat and conquering your fear of fire, I think is the first. Do you agree? I agree. I mean, I, I think that is the biggest piece of it. When I was telling you how I was nervous about ruining steak, I also had a flashback to before I started to cook. Um, and my husband always had a gas grill on the deck. Mm-hmm. And every once in a while, I, you know, he would say, would you go turn it on? And I was nervous to turn it on. I literally thought like <laughs> this thing's going to boom. I mean, I, one time I think, I don't know if I did it or if somebody else did it, but I remember there was a boom. <laughs> it just sounded like it was going to explode. So there was a fear in touching the gas grill even. Like I, I still get a little weird, even though I have my own nice luxury gas grill. I still get a little weird with it. But, um, you know, like you said, overcoming that fear, you know, whether it's just, you know, touching a gas grill or whether it's how do I manage the heat before I ruin what I'm trying to put together here. Yeah. You know, it's, it's amazing. And you have such confidence when you figure it out. Whether it's the right temperature or the right pan you're using, or all the right elements in the grilling experience, I know it just feels so good. As silly as it sounds, even mastering the perfect egg, you know, some people have said, "Misty, how do you get your egg so perfect?" Mm -hmm. And I was laughing. I was thinking because I've been working on it. (laughs) You know, I've been working out the temperature. I know how to get that. You know, just the way I like it. You may not like it like that, but that's the way I like it. So that's kind of the fun thing for me when I'm experimenting, when I'm creating recipes, when I'm doing things. You know, I do have my family usually, or or my taste testers, or or friends. Mm -hmm. But I don't have a restaurant. 
don't have a food truck. You mm-hmm. know, I don't have the masses saying, yes, we love Misty's barbecue sauce. I'll tell you, I loved it. And if you want to try it, maybe you will too, you know? <laughs> and so it's easier for me <laughs> to do that because I'm not doing it in big batches and I'm not, you know, sweating it out every day in a restaurant. I am continually looking for new things to try. And I'm inspired by by so many things and so many people that I see that I like to, like last night I made some meatballs with this amazing sauce and I'm like, I can't wait to, to finish Ooh. up my pictures and share it because Ooh. it'll be cool for game day. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Well, I love yeah. that. I love you. you know, it's so interesting because I think the main reason why I got into cooking is it, because of the social experience with it and because it, like uh, food and the smell of food, it is the ultimate icebreaker. Like you can be in a space with people that you don't speak the same language with and you yeah. can just look across and, and pantomime your way through it and go like, would you help me, you know, prep this food? And and there's a sense of community. There's a sense of love and trust, yes. you know, yep. that people have because you're physically giving them nourishment. You're giving them something that, that you're going to put in their mouths. There's a sense of trust there that I love, love, love. And, um, they're very it's a it's one of the few things that we still do as a as a society as a group that that feels that intimate with strangers yes. you know I, I love that you said that they they always say that that is the universal language is food and um there's nothing that brings us us together like barbecue it's different right it, yeah it's not like a big dinner with friends it's not it's like the smoke is rolling the grills there's there's that crackling kind of happening yeah. in whatever you're cooking. And, and it's in, in almost every culture, there's at, at least at some point been, um, you know, cuisine that has been focused with cooking on fire. Um, so I just, I love that it brings us together. I have a, um, Art of Flame grill, which is an outdoor um, circular um, plancha type grill that's oh, cool. wood and charcoal based. Cool. And, and that one, you know, we call it the social grill. It's actually, I live right next door to my husband's brother and mother. So we're all, it's, we call it the Italian <laughs> compound. You know, literally, if you are Italian, you get it. Uh-huh, but uh-huh. They, she has a court, courtyard and we have it in the middle of the courtyard. So on Sundays during good weather, we will get trays full of whatever food we we want to cook on that thing and we'll all get together we'll get in the courtyard oh. and it's and it feels like somebody's birthday but oh. it's just a sunday sunday meal and every kid can come up and cook if they want to on the plancha because it's like a flat top and and it's beautiful so it's just like the smell of the smoke all the food options and kind of all that social piece yeah. is yeah. just so great i love that but yeah. um yeah I, I think it's so much fun recently i have had the opportunity to get out and go beyond you know just interfacing on social media with some of my peers out there, um, influencers or whatever you want to call them, creators. Mm-hmm. And I got to go to Social Feast, was a gathering of a, a, a group of people that do this. Um, and we went to Alabama and we cooked over fire together. And it was so incredible. I was oh. with some of the people that I looked up to and admired from the beginning of all of this. And I learned a lot and I shared a lot. And it was just like an incredible community and we came from all over you know all over the u.s and in canada and then i just went to texas last month and gathered again and did some whole animal cooks with them and it was just it was so great so i love the social piece too yeah I, I agree it's definitely a universal language like like nothing else
right, so it is that time to take a moment and thank the sponsors of the show. Um, without these folks, without these sponsors, these shows wouldn't happen. So please stick around and let's talk about them a little bit. Maybe you'll learn something. Maybe you'll find something that you're excited about. First up, our friends over at Puget Systems. Um, I've got a new read for Puget Systems because I just talked to the boys over there for the new year. They're excited. They signed on for a whole new year of sponsorships. Thank you, Puget. We're actually talking about doing some stuff together. I might do some, I don't know, maybe some live stuff with these guys. We are in talks about stuff. You know, I don't want to drop anything yet, but there may be some opportunities in which you guys can be a part of me and Puget recording stuff. We'll see. We'll see what happens. But uh, this year, not only are they continuing to provide computers for uh, creators like you and me, if you're someone that uh, needs a high-end system, if you're someone that is editing, maybe you're a food blogger right now that is listening to the show, and you're like, man, I want to upgrade my stuff. Maybe you've gone from shooting your show on your iPhone, and maybe you're using now a new Blackmagic camera like our other sponsor. Maybe using a black magic rig and you're like, man, I need to edit this. Misty talks on the show about how she does most of her editing on an app on her phone and she needs more from it. She needs to be able to be more creative with it. She wants to learn more about it. Well, you need a good system to run that on. Head on over to PewDiePieSystems.com and buy a system based upon the software that you're going to use. So maybe you want to tackle Premiere. Maybe you want to tackle Resolve. Maybe you want to tackle any of these other edit programs that are out there, Puget will help you build a system that works perfectly for that software. A high-end system that is tweaked out to never give you drop frames, to never give you delayed playback. These guys have benchmark tested everything. And now I also want to expand this read to a lot of our editors and post-production facilities that are listening to the show. I might blow your mind, young listeners, but we get a lot of folks listening to the show that work at companies like Company 3, a lot of folks that work for huge edit suite companies, and a lot of post-production supervisors listen to the show. And I just want to put the bug in your ear. Puget is really making a move towards you guys. They want to build systems on a high-end on a high-end level for post-production houses that are dependable, that come with great customer service, and that are specifically built the way you need them built. So you don't have to go to the Dells out there or to these other companies that just sell you basic packages and then you're trying to figure out how to tweak them or you're having to hire an internal tech guy to build them out the way you want. Head on over to PugetSystems.com, check them out, uh, do their consultation, talk to them, talk about what it is that you guys are working on. Maybe you guys are working heavily in the Unreal space. Maybe you guys are working heavily in the pre-viz pre space, um, Puget Systems has been testing computers and hardware configurations that work best for all those different software profiles. So not only are they great systems for us, the independent filmmakers, the artists, the YouTubers, the folks that want to have that high-end system that smokes, you don't want to wait around all day for the render to happen, right? You don't want to sit through drop frames. I fucking hate that playback that stutters mm -mm. have a system built specifically for you for your needs head on over to pugetsystems.com check them out and follow them on uh, instagram head on over to the, visit them on instagram at puget systems and just leave them a note under any of their pictures and say hey mike sent me and give a wink can you give a wink icon on there you should 
Also supporting the show, our friends over at Dale Strong, Dale Strong Knives. You've heard me talk about Dale Strong before. You've seen the commercials. You've seen the work I've done for these guys. Because I'm so close to them, I have a fucking drawer full of Dale Strong knives, and I use them all the time. Misty and I were talking offline. She also uses Dale Strong. Um, if you're looking for a great chef's knife, if you're looking for a boning knife, if you're looking to just make your preparation faster, easier, safer, and affordable, head on over to dalestrong.com. Check out their knives. They have all sorts of different types of knives. Ah, amazing stuff. I'm telling you, I use all of them every day. And I'm so happy to have a drawer full of Dale Strong knives. There's a knife for every job I'm going to do. And I can't say this enough. They're incredibly affordable. I know a lot of times you think about chef's knives. You're like, man, this thing's going to cost a few hundred dollars. You, sure, you can get crazy. You can go out there and find some crazy knives that cost two, three, four hundred dollars. But why? Why do that? You want something that you're not going to be afraid to use, right? Oh, I don't really want to use this too much because it's such an expensive knife. Get a hard fucking workhorse knife that looks cool. And one of the reasons why I started to do ads for Dale Strong and I reached out to them to do marketing is because I like them. I like their mentality. I like the way they sell their stuff. I like how flashy their shit can be. It's really cool shit. I can't say it enough. And I know there's a lot of folks listening to the show right now that are here for food. Head on over to Dale Strong. See what it's all about. And I'll try to repost some of the movies that I did with uh, like Polly, Polly Cooks. Him and I did a few movies that were Dale Strong sponsored. We showcased Dale Strong Knives. I did some ads uh, with, uh, here's a little insider info, with David Crude's brother. Um, and we shot uh, some really cool ads about uh, building uh, cutting boards and using knives. And then Kruda and I did some slow motion stuff with them. So we helped build their vibe. I love this company. Can't say enough great stuff about them. Head on over to Dale Strong and check it out. Also supporting the show are our good friends over at Jambox. If you are creating videos, let's say you're creating uh, cooking videos for the internet or for your Instagram and you want to make the experience a bit more immersive. You want to lay down some music. And with Instagram, it's tough. You can put music in the stories because Instagram has licensed, I don't know what their deal is. They've licensed with different musicians on there. There's some sort of loophole where you can use in the stories music. But when you're posting stuff on your actual board, you can't use copywritten music. You notice this? So you need some great stuff. Why not start from the beginning? Work with a track that you have the right to use. Head on over to jambox.io. I'm gonna do it right now as we're talking, jambox.io. If you head on over there, go through their catalog of stuff, sign up for a free trial, do that right now, and go through their catalog of music. It will inspire you. And the quality of music that these guys put out is awe-inspiring. For, for, for a royalty-free website, you would, never, you would never guess. You feel like you're going through a labels website. Really great stuff, and the prices cannot be beat. If you're a creator, like so many of you are that are listening to this show, and you're creating stuff for YouTube, for your social content, it only costs $9.99 a month 
to get access to all their stuff to be able to use for your stuff, social media and everything else, you can get a 30-day free trial. They have all sorts of other great packages, $6 a month for a student, unlimited commercial, $19.99 a month for that. Head on over to jambox.com, see what it is that I'm talking about, check out their plans, definitely, definitely do it. It will change the quality of your work. It will totally change the quality of your work. Don't believe me? Head on over there, jambox.io. All right, also sponsoring the show, our friends over at Vitafair. Maybe you've gotten to the point where you're creating this stuff, like you're creating all of this content for free. You're posting it for free on Instagram. You're posting it for free on YouTube. And you're like, man, this is costing stuff. I need to start paying for things. I need to start getting production insurance. I need to start being able to pay the graphic artist to do all my branded content graphics. How do I do this? And you have rabid fans. Hundreds and thousands of followers some of you guys have. Why are you not creating specific exclusive content that you charge for? These people will pay for it. You know they will. And if you don't know that they will, ask them. Do a poll. Say, would you guys pay for exclusive content? Once they say yes, now you got to ask the second question. Where do I host this content and how much is it going to cost me? I suggest you head on over to vitafair.com. The link is below in the description of this episode. Their prices cannot be beat. You pay a one-time fee to upload a video for a year. They're not charging you more money when you jack up your prices and you can pick your rates of what you're going to charge your viewers. So it could be no dollars. It could be $20, anywhere in between. What I like about Vitafair is they give you the options. They put it in your hands as a creator and they're not trying to dip in your pockets every step of the way. It's a great option if you're trying to make money on your content. Head on over there now. Head on over to vitafair.com and check them out. Also supporting the show, ETC Connect. If you're someone that is creating a specifically food videos and you're doing slow motion, and maybe you're using a slow motion camera, not just your phone, but something that gets super slow, like those Dale Strong ads that we did, you're going to notice that you need more light. You need more intense light specifically high-quality light. ETC creates amazing LED Fresnel units, LED panel units that have so many different degrees of color correction because they have now focused on their red emitters when it comes to light. So you can actually dial red into your whites. Because if you know, white is actually the combination of multiple colors, RGB, right? So you can actually play with the red settings, which is an interesting thing for light units in general. I love it. I have their FOS Fresnel. Love that unit. It's like having an 1800 that I can plug into the house. An 1800 is a light, a large light for those of you who don't know lights that gives out the, the kind of level of light that you need for slow motion. So check them out. Go on over to etcconnect.com backslash love the process and see what it is that I'm talking about. All right, so I, I've covered everybody, right? ETC. Da, 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 da. And in the meantime, if you love this show and you're confused, I came here for food. Why? What is all this other stuff that's going on? He interviews directors. He interviews musicians. 
I just want the food stuff. Head on over to inlovewiththeprocess.com. I've curated the episodes by subject material. So if you just want to listen to our chef's episode, if you want to go back and listen to our all things barbecue episodes that we address on the show, they're all there at inlovewiththeprocess.com. Let's get back to it. It's fascinating what a what a media giant food has. I mean, it's always kind of been, and there was we've always had celebrity chefs. Whether it's Emerald, you go you go even further back than that, Julia Child, all that kind of stuff. But it's become such a social phenomenon on social media at this point that it is it's become like this this other form of entertainment that uh, is is creating rock stars. <laughs> it's funny to me. It really like, is. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, you, you drive down like sunset here and you see billboards for like, you know, the rock. And then the next billboard is some chef. <laughs> it's like same size. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're right. It is really, it is really coming along. I was thinking about that, how, you know, I've always been a driven, hardworking person and never had my eye on being a chef or anything like that at mm-hmm. all. Like that's far the same. But as you know, this whole COVID thing took place and there's people cooking more. And especially when it first started, it was like I'd never seen so much activity and traffic going on, uh, at least on from the Instagram place and um i i watched and i'm still watching a lot of my friends or you know people that i know through instagram that are blowing up into really like little celebrities Mm -hmm. just like you said and they're making a full-time living doing what they love and sharing it you know through sponsorships or, or what have you um and it's been just amazing because the crowd wants to see it or that wouldn't happen right so yeah. it's out there yeah and i mean i just recently i don't i was like i'm not doing tiktok that's for young people <laughs> and I thought, oh, well i'm gonna join the crowd because my friends are posting there too and sharing their story and you can reach a lot of people and and if i just my goal is to reach people to share what i'm doing i might as well you know, so <laughs> it, it, it's been so fun um, to participate in this. Uh, my kids often roll their eyes at me, but I'm just having a great time and I can't wait to see where it takes me. Well, you know, when you mentioned uh, being on TikTok and posting on TikTok, it makes sense because the see, I always struggle with TikTok personally. And now we're talking about social media stuff, which is interesting. But uh, I always struggle with TikTok personally when I'm doing like a show like this or podcast like this, because it's like, all right, TikTok seems like such a small, like if there was a way to make the attention span even smaller, to make it even smaller, it's TikTok. You know what I mean? Um, But with food, it makes a lot of sense because food is such a visceral thing. Like it's an instantaneous, barely glance at, immediately starts to trigger uh, your uh, taste buds, you're salivating, you know, it changes your body temperature. Um, So it makes sense to do that, you know? Mm -hmm. It really does. Yeah, I didn't really think of it that way. And, you know, there's it's just been fun just to share all the way around. So I try to do it as much as I can. But I have to say that I'd much rather have somebody filming me 
and editing and doing all of that work and just cook all day because I'm really, I'm in it for the cooking. And I try my best with all the other things so I can really give my audience the the real deal. But the other part is like, sometimes I just want to cook and have someone else do all the filming. Of course, (laughs) of course, of course. (laughs) I need a crew. I'm going to work on that. My kids, you know, they they help in the summertime, but that's it. Yeah, no, that's part of it. You start to grow and then next thing you know, you need a team. Uh huh. A hundred percent. I'm sure there's a bunch of folks listening that are like, Hey, we'll do it. Um, (laughs) but, uh, so let me ask you this. When you do a post, do you plan, do you just sort of come up with an idea and you're like, Oh, I'd love to do this recipe. And then you plan it out knowing that you're going to post it. You do specific, obviously you do specific cooks for posts, right? Is that do? Well, that's so funny because I just um, said today, I mean, I said, I gotta have a better plan this year and be more organized. I'm a spontaneous person by nature, just um, in my personal life at work, I've always been planful and I've always had deadlines and been way more structured. Mm-hmm. And since um, I've been doing this for fun and now it's kind of transitioning into, you know, more of a career, um, then I have to be planful. So if I'm partnering with a brand, then I already know in advance, like let's just say a taco seasoning company wants to work with me. Sure. Then I'm going to think about, you know, a special holiday and I'm going to plan a platter and tell the husband to bring home what I want for those tacos and put the meat together and, and do a cook, take some pictures and post it by a deadline. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And those aren't every day. Those are just like sometimes when I want to partner with a brand. Those are those are planned out. And then what I'm really um, feeling pressure on a little bit for this past year especially is supporting all the holidays because my um, viewers would like to hear more and get more inspiration, not on, but ahead of time. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. like for Valentine's or Super Bowl, actually, a good example. So I said I was going to do some meatballs for a Super Bowl. I have two companies that are kind of, you know, asking. Asking for, will you post some things to get ready for Super Bowl? Absolutely. And I have a lot of ideas I've already done. So I'll put those in my stories too. So I feel like I have to support the special events and holidays because people always are more apt to cook during those times. Mm-hmm. And then, um, a lot of times, if you see the creative, you know, strange things that I might put, like, why is she doing that? It might just because I'm um, experimenting. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. You know, sometimes I think I did um, like the, let's see, what was it the pork tenderloins? And I um, twisted them like pretzels. This was last year. <laughs> and I was like, we're going to do pork pretzels tonight, guys. And I, <laughs> it was fun and it was good, you know, so that was, wasn't anything I had planned. It was spontaneous. Um, you know, I, if I just have some bananas that are starting to go bad and I want to do some special whiskey banana bread on the grill, I will just randomly do that. So I think I like to get creative. So um, I wish it was all just like creative all of the time, but I know things, things are important. Yeah, I think I cooked like, I don't know, five turkeys before Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> so I, the good thing is I'm always able to share living by the two next door neighbor families. Sure, sure. And then also, you yeah. know, sending it to my neighbors. So we don't we don't waste the, the food. It's just I want to practice to get better at it. And sometimes I have a recipe I have to share. So I have to try it a few times before I share the recipe. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's fascinating because I'm sure you've seen some of my stuff and I know you're a big Dale Strong fan. I'm also a Dale Strong fan and I've worked for, I've done stuff with Dale Strong, like their advertisements and their marketing and that kind of stuff. Um, and I did a spot years ago, a few years ago with an online, um, chef. So like an Instagram chef 
and we wanted to do something. He wanted to do something more cinematic and we wanted to do, I wanted to do something more cinematic. There's something great about mixing my two passions, which is movies and, and cooking. Oh and, yeah. That's and a that great stuff. combo. I didn't even think about that. Oh yeah. So <laughs> he, it blew his mind a little bit, which was, which was fascinating where he's so used to doing uh, like the stuff for Instagram, which is very simply done to a certain yeah. extent where you're like, I have an idea, I have a recipe, I'll film mm -hmm. the different stages and then take the final photograph. And when we did our piece, it was like, we, I brought in a whole crew. I brought in a team of people. We're using like special equipment. You're doing like dolly moves on stuff. You have to do multiple angles wow. in coverage, like that whole thing. And so I said that's, to that's a dream come true, yeah, well, but also beware because it changes your process. Yeah. And I think it yeah. kind of threw him for a loop a little bit where <laughs> I said to him, like, do me a favor and make uh, prep five batches of those potatoes and prep them at fuck at different stages. And he, yeah. was, he was like, what do you mean? I go, I need to have extras so that when we swap around and do coverage, I can get another shot of you doing that same exact thing with those potatoes again. And yeah. it, it was like, I need a finished meal. I need a plated meal. And I need all the other steps of that meal. And we're going to be cooking out of order. <laughs> and so <laughs> once, you, once you get into that territory where you start to get more traditional cinematic and the way you shoot those things, it becomes less about cooking and it becomes more about prepping sure. and mm -hmm. almost food styling. And it, it changes this whole atmosphere as opposed to the very sort of loose and... Um, yeah you know, more jazzy vibe of doing Instagram posts. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, I totally agree. And, you know, that's that's funny that you're sharing that. I don't know if I really understood it to that level, but um, I was thinking about if I ever did my YouTube, I don't want to just throw something up. And I feel like oftentimes, you know, with the reel, you can only go 60 seconds, right? So Sure. And I'm not, I'm not very good at editing. I use some random app on my phone. <laughs> and that's what I do. <laughs> Right, you're probably laughing, but I would love to have high quality. Like, I don't want to start a YouTube unless I can do it the right way. Sure. Right. So, I think those things um, I understand come with it. I'm, my kids were like um, aspiring models when they were younger, so I've been on um, the the you know behind the scenes when movies are filming when they were extras and stuff. And I've seen all of the moving parts, all of these teams, all the hands involved, all the steps. It's, it's so much work to prepare for that. But um, that's why I think Food Network probably does well. I mean, I'm sure, sure. they probably have that all, you know, this, exactly what you said, all of these stages and all planned out and it makes it look so easy and perfect. Yeah, it's crazy. And then there's a supporting staff that's that's there helping you as the food person. There's a bunch, oh, yeah. of, there's a bunch of different ways to do it. Like I'm friends with the All Things Barbecue guys and I've had them on the show a few times. And Oh, I love watching that. Chef Tom. Tom is, Tom is wonderful, dude. Um, He's my favorite. <laughs> yeah, and uh, their their director and producer Justin over there, he's really great. They do it a little bit differently. They actually shoot. They know it so well at this point that they're kind of shooting in sequence for a lot of the stuff that they do. So th he knows how to go through the process of of doing that. But they have a very specific formula for it. Um, but yeah, it depends on the vibe. It really does. Like we were going. I'll have to send you some stuff so you could see it. But we were going very movie like. So it was very very cinematic. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's funny because sometimes, I mean, right now, especially on TikTok, what they're calling um, stunt food, and uh, I'm I'm sure you've probably heard of stunt food being. Uh -huh. 
you know, not cooked necessarily for the enjoying the eating experience, but for the, um, you know, for the views, for sure. the likes, for the, for the shares. And um, <clears throat> I was watching this video with this beautiful woman yesterday, and she created a hamburger bun out of avocado. <laughs> and <laughs> it was so pretty. I think <laughs> it was beautiful. She stacked it up and everything. And of course, she lifted it up and there is no way in hell she could have ever taken a bite of it. Sure, it. sure. Falling all over the place. It was a pretty big burger. And I was just giggling to myself thinking, you know, that's not the direction that I want to go. And unfortunately, you know, those those accounts are getting a lot of views and a lot of attention right now. But um, I, I need to stay focused on, you know, sharing what I'm doing, but also making it approachable. Somebody said to me um, not long ago, Misty, I really love your food. I love that you share your recipes, you know, and your photography is just really approachable. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I was just laughing to myself because I mean, I use a, a cell phone. I'm not using a camera, you know, sure. I'm barely editing enough that, you know, I, I want to be approachable. Of course I want it to be the best. I'm kind of like that. But when it comes to sharing on Instagram, you know, that's, I think the, the reputation I'm building is approachable photography <laughs> and, you know, easy enough recipes to follow and well, creative ideas. I mean, at the end of the day, that's what it comes down to. Like I, I became, yeah. I, I was loving all things barbecue for a while because I would literally load up their video before I went to do something scary on the grill. And I would just watch through it real quick and go, okay, yeah. that, that temperature, he was around that amount of time. And so the stuff that he was giving uh, us as the viewer felt useful. It wasn't just, exactly. it wasn't mm -hmm. just like, here, here's, <laughs> here's a beef, here's a, uh, a, a beef uh, rib sandwich with the bone still in it. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, how are you yeah, gonna, that's ridiculous. That's gonna, the stunt food I'm talking about. Yeah. Right? You're like, come that. on, come on. Man. But the, but him and then also Malcolm from how to Bar barbecue, right? Those yes. are my two. Yes. And then of course, Aaron Franklin, but those are the videos that I watch in the beginning where you're like, Okay. I yeah. got, like you said, basic temps. Okay. I'm kind of feeling the vibe is going to be around 225, yep. you know? And so it was very helpful, very clear, you know, and those ones are great for the basics. And I mean, I should provide the basics every once in a while too, but I also enjoy just sharing the creative recipes and unique ideas without being too stunty. Every once in a while I might squeeze a burnt end because that's just part of the party. <laughs> 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 yeah, at that point, squeezing a bird in is like a wet t-shirt contest. It's I was on the phone this morning with a friend of mine that I've known since fifth grade, and she said, Misty, I cannot believe you're doing this barbecue thing. I said, I know, right? I pretty much cooked Pop-Tarts when we were in middle school. And she said, yeah, that's crazy. She goes, I just laugh every time I see you holding up a piece of meat. I just laughed at myself. <laughs> and I said, me too, actually. <laughs> Uh, it's fun. Yeah, it's it sounds like you're having a blast. And I mean, yeah. uh, you know, you're learning these skills with us and you're learning these skills with the viewers, which is really great. And it's very approachable. And I'm sure that that is one of the reasons why they're saying that your photography feels approachable. It's because you're, it, it doesn't feel elitist. It doesn't feel distant. Um, and for folks that are just starting out, there's a, there's a scare factor. There really is. Yeah. Like, I don't want to ruin this meal. I don't want to be judged for how this meal yeah. tastes. Um, and, you know, one of the things that I'm trying to do as we, as we talk about this stuff on the show and as we get into food, there's a lot of parallels between trying to figure out how to cook and trying to figure out how to make a movie. And there's a, there's 
so many parallels between making a, a film and making a meal. And I think it just comes down to sort of breaking it down into small steps, tackling yeah. these small things and, and, and practicing the small things and learning about how long it takes for the small things to happen, learning and making mistakes on things, stumbling across something that tastes or, or looks interesting, and then just keeping it. I mean, you can write it down if you want to keep a log, like if you're crazy like that, but you just keep a mental log of what you go through and what you're feeling, yeah. you know? I have I have a log for briskets. That's what I always keep because I realize that's the one thing yeah. that gets me, yeah. you know, with temperatures and timing and everything and weight. But um, for the most part, that's why I love doing social media because I don't have a website yet, which I should, but I don't. And I have all my recipes out there for just anyone who wants to give them a shot. So in almost all my posts, I add the recipe of what I did in there. And um, I like to be able to give back. And I love being able to get together and when I do have the chance, learn from other people in real life, cook together and have the experience as a group. Yeah. That's even more fun than being on your back porch. Right? Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Well, talking about recipes and stuff. So you've been doing this, what did you say? Three years now you've been grilling? Almost. Yeah. Yeah. yeah February, February, sometime in February will be three oh. years. All right. So what is, what recipe can you do with your eyes closed at this point? Like, what do you, what is the one that you pull, you have a guest that's showing up that you're a little nervous about? It's someone that you want to impress. Like, what is the thing that you pull out? <sighs> Well, it depends on my timing. If it's a guest that I'm going to cook for today, I will pull out any steak possible because mm -hmm. I've figured out the steaks. I have, um, I've had people calling me nicknames about steaks <laughs> because <laughs> I, I have access to steaks, right? I can, my husband's you know, family has a USDA processing facility. So whatever I want, I can get pr pretty much. Very, yeah. so very I lucky. Every steak. Yeah. yeah. So I love my favorite way to do steaks. I do like a cast iron cook every once in a while, but I love the, the smoke flavor. So yeah. I love to smoke it and reverse sear it. I just love that. Mm. I like compound butter too, just like you. So I think, I think that's one of the things I would do. And I'd always, of course, get the good stuff. So whatever prime or Wagyu I might have on my hands. So that usually impresses my friends. Mm -hmm. And then um, as far as with my eyes closed, I think anybody could do a good smoked pork butt and have pulled pork you mm -hmm. know, for days because mm -hmm. it's so easy, but it's also so good. And there's so many ways you can use it. So I love that. Um, I don't consider myself a chicken expert. However, um, I do, whenever I do the chicken lollipops, they disappear like in a minute. Oh, yeah. So that's kind of one of those preparations that people just really think are, are neat and they present well. Um, and the sauce. <laughs> so let's see. Those are, those are the mains. I Sultana of steak, I think is what someone called me in my last heart shape. I have a steak big picture that went viral last year for Valentine's day. And I mean, everywhere I had people claiming it to be their own. And it was so crazy. I never had that much attention onto a steak and it was just a heart shaped ribeye that we call the sweetheart steak. And it was a Wagyu steak. I posted it and it just went wild, but some people were sharing it and they called me the Sultana of steak. Sultana. <laughs> I was thinking I'm going to make a t-shirt out of that, <laughs> but you know, steaks are probably easy. And I, I, I don't know. I just feel like really happy when I do a perfect steak and I can nail it. Yeah. Um, oh man. You know, oh man. I'm There's, a neat girl. So, yeah. Like steaks are, are visceral. The actual experience of making them is very visceral. It's like, 
Uh, you know, it's one of the meats that you throw on the counter and you season and someone comes by and looks at it and they go, someone, you know, cut that off an animal. Like it actually looks like that. And it becomes very, uh, very caveman-esque because like a lot of like those old triggers are there for us as humans, the fire, the the sound of the sizzle. Ah, man, I I love fucking cooking a steak. And it's so good. (laughs) And for, for me, it's different. So if I had to make something close my eyes and don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. I've gotten really good at chicken, like full chickens. And like mm-hmm. I could do, like if I wasn't grilling, a roasted chicken is like a murder meal. I could totally do that and kill it. Oh yeah. And I got my hands on like the rotisserie attachment, like um, the motorized rotisserie attachment for the Weber. And so I've been doing, oh, nice. oh I do like two chickens at, at the same time. Yeah. Um, I don't, I dry brine them first and then I'll uh, stuff them with uh, seasoned butter under the skin, do that whole ordeal, put the, mm-hmm. uh, some citrus inside them and let them ru- and really season the skin, like a little spicy seasoning on the skin. And oh my God, they come out so juicy. And then just do chicken sandwiches. Just cut them up and do chicken sandwiches with them. And they're oh, so yeah. fucking good. That's so good. Yeah. I love chicken. I, you know, I don't know, maybe it's just because I get more steak than chicken. But whenever I do get a chicken, it was just just once in a while. I actually have to request a whole chicken because they don't, without even asking, of course, you know, my man comes home and he just lays down a box like it's a, you know, (laughs) box of roses, I swear. And I open it up and I'm like, oh, thanks. You know, it's like a special treat when he gets home. Um, And it's steaks usually. Steaks or, you know, they do um, gourmet Italian sausage, tons of wines. Like they, they sell their sausage in in the markets here so there's it's it's fun to experiment and sometimes when he's trying new recipes for things like the last things he had like these foot long um all natural sausages that were like a a hot dog they didn't taste like a regular hot dog though i was like oh man these are good and so it's fun he does different curing on bacon so i get to try that so i'm constantly doing what comes home but i do like chicken and i forget about how nice it is sometimes i love what you said about the rotisserie i have a rotisserie i use over my art of flame which i've done Porchetta, which was one of oh, our I biggest, love. best cooks. Oh, oh my God. I love Please, porchetta. If you haven't seen it, look at my page. I have a reel about it with Angelo, like um, trimming down the pork and, and oh. wrapped it and filled it. Anyway, beautiful. And that was fun and delicious. Um, oh. I also do the, you know, the big prime rib. We did a seven bone on that um, rotisserie over the art of flame for new year's last year. Oh, Oh, it's just beautiful. But the whole, the chicken thing, um, the first time I ever did one, I learned how to spatchcock the chicken and do it in the Traeger. And honestly, that is my favorite way. Um, I like a good rotisserie like anyone else, but I just like getting the bones out of the way Yep, and cooks nice and even. And then, Chicken is, I like chicken because it's like a a surface that you can continue to play with seasoning. That's where you get to test all your sauces. (laughs) One thing about being a great cook is to have a few really good sauces that you like up your sleeve at any time. You can make them in your kitchen, you know, and I think that's where you get to play with them. Chicken usually isn't very expensive. (laughs) So if you make one a little too spicy, which I have before, um, you know, it's not a huge waste. You can figure it out. Yeah, But um, I love spatchcock. And then I also, this is funny, twice now, I have a 10-in-1 air fryer unit, Mm -hmm. which I got from this company last year. And I was avoiding the whole air fryer thing. This one looks more like a countertop oven. Like Mm -hmm. it's it's pretty nice. But um, 
I air fried a chicken twice in there. And one of them I just wow. did like simple with it, like you said, the butter and the herbs and stuff. And then the next one I did, um, I seasoned it and then dry brine with, and then I sauced it. And so it was a spicy bird and it oh. came out so juicy. I cannot even believe the air fryer did the work. <laughs> like, and that was great. I did spatchcock it and I kind of like squished it in there. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. It, I couldn't believe it. I was thinking this, this is not going to turn out well. I was oh. sort of skeptical, but yeah, so you're right. And my, my kids are kind of bratty. I cannot believe they are butcher's kids, but two <laughs> of my girls do not like to eat meat off the bone. So whenever I do a whole, you know, I got to shred it. And yeah. I did shred some chicken last night. I actually have um, in the kitchen ready to go into the grill a buffalo chicken dip. Whoa. So have you done those before? I haven't the, done one. I haven't done one. No, no, no. Since you like doing chicken, you got to try it. Because you just shred the chicken and you add a few ingredients and pop it in the grill, put some bacon on top, and it is the best dip. Oh, so. I'm sweating over here. You're making me sweat. Hopefully, <laughs> the meat sweats. Yes. <laughs> it's called meat sweats, Mike. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, no, the, the thing I also like about chicken, for those of you listening, that want to sort of figure out smoke and the flavors of smoke chicken retains smoke really well mm-hmm. and uh you know like uh one of the things i got really good at were chicken wings smoked chicken wings and it doesn't take that long it's like a short smoke it's like 45 minute yeah. smoke um and you get like outstanding fucking flavors with it so uh, yeah. it's definitely a fun fun thing to play with if you're starting if you have a new smoker and you just want to mess around and get the flavors of smoke and it's inexpensive Compared to yeah. a brisket or anything like that. so Oh, yeah, totally. And, and what you said earlier about the myths of the old um, old school thinking of barbecue is, you know, standing outside by your grill all day long. It does not have to be like that. You can have fantastic chicken on the grill and do your wing night, you know, a couple hours before you do your whole party, <laughs> you know, so <laughs> yeah. it's, it's pretty sweet. And then just have all your sauces ready. I know the first time I did that, I was thinking, um, hopefully I don't mess this up. And all of my wings just disappeared so quickly. I did a buffalo style, like the sriracha honey ones, the garlic parmesan. There's just so many ways you can change it up and just get a ton of wings and invite some friends over to a wing tasting. (laughs) <laughs> I just bar- I just barbecued last night and I literally want to get off and go barbecue <laughs> that's what we're talking good <laughs> I, see I'm here for that <laughs> uh, uh, look this has been great um, what I'd love to do I think this is a good point to start to wrap this up and then I want to talk to you about something else afterwards so okay. um, at this point let me ask you this as we sort of wrap up this episode and wrap it all uh, up what do you think for those that are just getting into it? Maybe you have a bunch of your fans, hopefully you've come over and listened to this episode. Um, if someone was like, all right, I've got my hands on a, on a, on a, a charcoal grill. Uh, what should I start with? What would you suggest the first cook for them would be? Ooh, that's so hard because there are so many things, but I actually um, think that chicken is an excellent way to start for a charcoal grill. That was the first thing that I put on to my Kamado grill when I started cooking on it. And it was more or less to figure out um, timing, placement, heat control. Mm -hmm. And just like we spoke to earlier, it's not a huge waste of money. If you accidentally dry a piece out, then you kind of learn from that. Mm -hmm. Um, So the first thing that I did was actually chicken breast, which is really easy to 
to mess up. It's really easy to dry those out. Um, so I think for that, it was just a test for me, like placement and how long do I keep it on, you know, and how thin or how thick does it have to be? And how do I make sure that my fire isn't raging when I put them right on, <laughs> you know? Yeah, so it's like, yeah. how do I create an indirect spot so that, you know, it doesn't get burned right away. And then you can quickly give it that sear and brown and be done. So I think that's a good one. Chicken drumsticks are very resilient. You know, anything on the chicken drumsticks and even wings like we spoke to, those guys, even if you're talking too long and you forgot to take them off, you know, seven <laughs> to 10 minutes ago, they still survive usually, right? So <laughs> unless unless they turn black, like most of the time though, if you're, um, you've got chicken, it's pretty resilient. Um, and then the chicken breast is a hard one. So I think that's in your learning, trying to figure out um, how to be really good at timing and temperature and placement. Yeah. Um, I yeah. like chicken. And once I did the chicken on my Kamado, I felt more confident that if I was going to put, you know, 40 or $50 steak out on that grill, that I would know how to move the charcoal around um, to make sure that it wasn't blazing up, how to be careful when the um, fat drips down, when those flare-ups happen, um, and, and those kinds of things, and how much can fit on the grill. And also, um, when you have charcoal, I like to always, whatever my protein is, I usually put some vegetables on the grill. So you yeah. also need to learn, like, do I put the asparagus directly on the grates or should I actually put them into a pan? So, you know, it's mm -hmm. kind of like also to your liking. Mm -hmm. So the first experiments, I would probably say, take something that doesn't cost as much money, and chicken is probably a better one, and play with the sauces, play with the timing and the temperature and the charcoal control. Good advice. That's great advice. Misty, this has been great. Thank you so much for being on the show. I feel like it went by so fast. You and I can I sit here and talk talk barbecue all day. <laughs> Me too. Now time to come come and cook now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm down. <laughs> <laughs> So there it is, today's episode, In the Can. Pretty good, right? Uh, are you guys hungry? Mm -hmm. I am. I'm recording this in the morning, and I'm hungry. <laughs> Just listening to it. Ah, there's so many things I want to cook, and the problem is, is that my cholesterol is fucking high, so I have, to, I have to find the same motivation to cook vegetables the same way I love to cook meat. And there's a lot of great ways to do vegetables and charring vegetables, make things very delicious. But it isn't just like, I don't know, maybe it just doesn't feel as sexy as cooking like a steak. It doesn't feel as sexy as cooking like a chicken. And I think there's a lot more preparation involved. There's a lot more study and flavors that's involved. I don't know. And maybe it's just the way I was brought up, most likely. But uh, I don't know. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Like I said, hope you're uh, motivated and inspired to cook more. Um, and once again, thank you, Misty, for coming on. Uh, very lovely lady. Um, and uh, make sure you go follow her Instagram account again at Seattle Butcher's Wife. And follow my Instagram account while you're at it. You'll see some of the stuff that she was talking about. I'll try to make sure that there, you guys have access to the old stories uh, with that steak that we talked about that, that I cooked. And by the way, that came out so good. Such a good meal. Gina's behind me walking around. What'd you think of that steak last night? Sorry, I'm in your studio. 
Yeah, what did you think of that steak last night? It was so delicious. Was it? Yeah, but for real, what was it? Was it good? Mm-hmm. What could we do? What could I have done better? We'll put you on blast while you're on. Your yeah, podcast. blast me up. Um, you didn't like the potatoes last night. Yeah, they were just okay. Yeah, we haven't figured out our air frying system. Yet. Yeah, the air frying thing. I know we talked about it on the show with Misty, and she's excited about her air fryer, but. Truth of the matter is, is if you are you're going to use an air fryer, put them in there for like twice the amount of time that they say that you should put them in there for. Almost that one random time where all the fries burned. Yeah, you burnt the fries <laughs> that way. Yeah, because it's hard to get. And they never really get as crispy as when you're using oil. They really don't. They kind of get there, but they don't. It's healthier, I guess. But uh, don't expect it to be the same. It's a different thing. Anyway. That's it. Uh, I gotta let you go because I am today. I'm I'm like double down. I have to go and record a whole nother episode in about 15 minutes. So I gotta get out of here. Uh, thank you everybody for listening. Um, and you know the deal. I will see you next Tuesday. Mm-hmm.